Take the money and run. We are live. Coming here with a brand new Stir the Pod. Podcast show. I'm your host, Trevor, and tonight we are joined by Andy. Andy, how you doing tonight? What up, what up? And we're also joined by Rooster himself. Rooster, how you doing tonight? Yo, yo, yo. And we are here. We are back from the dead, back from the redemption house. No more specials, no more anything. We're here. What is it, season 38 of the challenge? The challenge ride or dies, EP1, episode one recap show. I am ecstatic. I love this season already. Now, I don't know if we're just in the hangover mood or the uh, the butterflies are back kind of mood, uh, but I'm excited. Andy, initial thoughts. Bombs away. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I don't think hangover moods are good, but honeymoon moods are pretty good. So I am definitely in the honeymoon mode right now. I mean, we are back. It was a great EP1. I love the end of the episode kind of teaser trailer for the rest i am i mean the challenge back i'm all the way back sounds like you're back yeah the the combination of first episode everything that we got to watch tonight the fact that it's been almost a year since we've talked about like an actual episode some of the off-season stuff is always fun but to like see something at night and react to it immediately after an actual episode you just can't replicate that i think we had a really good episode tonight i'm definitely in the honeymoon slash hangover phase right now i i loved it i had a, i had a great time yes i'm excited the chat already popping jesse adams is in the chat feel free to chime in the entire night we will be answering live questions whatever it is you guys say we will answer so let's just dive right in episode <laughs> one opening first confessional michelle Correct me if I'm wrong, Alex. Did you say that? Should you cash that? Didn't you say that in the last podcast? She would be number one. I don't think I said that. Was that just in our group chat? I believe I. I, I thought you, you said that though. I, I I I always find it very interesting, interessante to see who the challenge producers give the number one confessional to, because usually it's the bananas, Wes's, Cara Maria's of the world, and that tonight. Right after the yeah, yeah, yeah of ridiculousness, you get right into the show and you see Michelle. I mean, I was I was not complaining about it. Um, love seeing her anytime she's on my screen, but just kind of a random pick to, to lead us off here. Andy, anything on her being number one? No, I think the exact same. I'm, Michelle's kind of bad. God, she sounds kind of bad. So we basically get right into it. Michelle gets the first confessional. They're just sitting on yachts and you're just like, okay, here we go. And then the first thing I noticed is where are the big dogs? I had no idea. I mean, spoiler alert at the end of EP1 with Bananas 90 coming in late. But I'm like, where the hell are these guys? Where? I mean, we, we did recaps of Jordan and Anissa. We were doing recaps of all these people. And I was like, did, did I miss something? Or I was a little confused. 
but right off the bat, we get our first little, and I don't know if this was just a nice little foreshadowing for upcoming episodes or anything, but Turbo versus Laurel, question mark? Two strong-headed people. What's our take on that, boys? I, I loved it. I thought it was like a perfect embodiment of just who fucking Turbo is. And obviously we have Turbo blow up number two later on that we're going to get to. Uh, but just the fact, what was it? It was kind of like a, somebody was pouring champagne glasses. Everybody was excited and a good mood to like start the season off and Turbo missed it. It was kind of like when Bryce Meyer on Lake Gyllenhaal didn't get a shot glass. Like that, that was, I think exactly what Turbo was doing, except he's a real human being and he wasn't joking. It wasn't a skit. And like, he was actually mad about it. And the fact that it was against Laurel, just like, and obviously in her own right, a strong, like stubborn competitor. I hope we see this bubble up again. And it was just like a classic, they play the music, everybody's happy. And then instantly it's like, wait, are we fucking serious right now? Like this guy, Turbo is insane. Andy, anything? I've always said like Turbo should be in some sort of facility somewhere. Like I've always said that. And I mean, him and Laurel being together on a boat, no less. Like, I think Turbo probably thought that was his boat and he was going to have to kill Laurel. Like, he's just so out of touch with reality that I think he was genuinely like, all right, you're going overboard. And and he said, he even said, yeah. I think when he was getting all pissed off, I think he even said, I'm going to send you guys into elimination. So, like, he yes. was literally thinking and making threats about the game while they were on their way to start playing the game. He's, incredible he's a, he's a psychopath he is insane and i you know we brought it up last episode it's very antonio brown-esque like he was normal and then just out of the blue i don't know what happened so like we talked about turbo versus laurel and then we go right into the rush to the house which the rush to the house is one of the most one of my favorite things of the season uh you know there's been very different variations of it uh, I think one of my personal favorite was Rivals 3 when you got like bananas coming in first, picking the, the the ultimate, you know, bedroom. And then it's like Wes coming in like fourth and stuff like that. And then the rookie stretch, you know, that setup I like better than um, because then you mark those territories. My question is now with bananas coming in late and maybe some of these other people, where are they staying? Well, that's a great question, but there's now going to be an open spot available. But does he want to be in that room? Like, I feel like that would be, I guess. I'm, sure, I'm, sure, they got, I'm sure they got a, a rookie or a, a sorry, a, a heavy hitter section of the house saved off for all these clowns coming in. But <laughs> I, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the mad rush to the house is something that they've kind of gone away from in the past few seasons. Right? Like it used to be a staple. I feel like they don't do it as much anymore. No, I agree. Um, back to, do you think they just have like a, a separate like like section of the house? You, you know, almost like in Call of Duty in zombies where you have to buy a door or whatever, and it's like a certain code or whatever, like beep, 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 bananas, and it's just welcome, Johnny. And it opens up and then they just rush in and there's king size beds for everybody. And then like Jordan and Anissa, when they come in the game, just gonna be in that spot as well. I mean, they might need their own. Let's put make sure they're on the first floor. <laughs> so after the rush, go ahead. I was going to say, just on the mad rush to the house, one of my favorite pieces of that, we didn't see it tonight, uh, a little a little wrinkle, was when you saw the mad rush to the house 
And then you see CT walking in slow with his dad bod holding the luggage. And then he walks in last to the, to the best room in the house and he's mumbling. I always appreciated that. Speaking of uh, um, other stuff, challenge really better than nights uh, was minus one and a half. Sorry. The Dodgers just hit a home run and I'm watching it live right now. So uh, STP pet of the night, minus one and a half, Alex and Andy's pick. Uh, Trey Turner just went yard. We're tied up at three in the bottom of the third. So if you follow just those, those keeping track, the STP better than night is at a 100% clip. If you had, if your unit was $1 million and you put five units on last week's bet, you'd be up $5 million. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Andy. So back to the house. I know we're a little off the rails already. Uh, we get into the bananas toast. Oh, wait. The Nelly toast? I mean, where did this come from? And who gave him the mic to speak? I mean, the first thing I noticed, and I, I think our group chat literally was three text messages in the uh, in a row. When did Nelly get grills? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, his look, night one. I mean, you know, he was just he was just ready for this look. He was like, "This is gonna be the outfit. These are the shades. I'm gonna have my grill in." Like. I mean, you know he had that ready for so long. It, I mean, he just pulled it off. He pulled it off to a T because he is the one and only Nelly T. Where where was the champagne bottle? Oh, was that not a prop bet that we talked about last episode? Was him trying to pop a champagne bottle? Do you I think, think edited out. Should should we count? Maybe. I think it was. I think Andy said that if he had the champagne bottle. He would have passed it to Norris and said, like, oh, you do it in, like, celebration. And so it was kind of a similar thing, just the fact that he actually gave the toast tonight. People yeah. could have won money on that, too. God, classic Nelly T. Uh, after the toast, uh, we get to see our first kind of hookup of the night. Uh, and we go with Nuri and Johnny, uh, not to be confused with bananas. Uh, and <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> what? Trev, what's her name? Was it Nuri's or whatever the fuck it is? I don't know. I I think you keep leaving off the S. Nuri's? Nuri's. Nuri's. It's Fezzi-esque, how I look at it. So those two have, correct me if I'm wrong, challenge historian, the first plane hookup since the finger blast? <laughs> I think it has to be, right? I think that so. That I think is one of the more underrated, just like funny things that has happened. The finger blasting Bruno. I wish we would have been recapping that episode. That would have been hilarious because they were all whispering around the house. You know, I heard Jenna got finger blasted, finger banged, like all this stuff. Bruno, I think was literally homeless that season. So it just makes Jenna look even worse. But yeah, I think that when I, I, I saw, you know, the, the airplane hookup stuff making out like, that just reminded me of Bruno and Jenna. Yeah, we don't really talk about Bruno. Um, so after that hookup, we go straight into the challenge. You good, Andy? Yeah, I'm good. Let's just say the live chat is hot tonight. Sounds good. Sounds good. Adam Mito's in the chat. Love to see that. Jesse Adams. Uh, who else is in the live chat? I saw Mikey the doctor sneaking in there. No boogie. He probably boogie on boogie his way out in the chats. Oh, Jesus Christ, Mitos. Um, um, the challenge itself. Um, down goes Casey and Kenny. 
I mean, our number two pick gone already? I mean, come on. I mean, well, the thing that made me – there were two things that made me mad about it. One, no insight into what was going on. Like, no, they tried it once with Nam. What Was that last year? I think it was last season, yeah. Oh, my God. They tried it with Nam, and no one really batted an eye because it was Nam. Like, no one didn't care. But you can't be pulling this shit with Casey. She was number two for us. And you're just going to – she's just gone? With no explanation? And then another thing, too, is am I crazy in thinking that I saw her in the season little teaser? I yeah. don't know about that. Yeah, I know. I, I, I saw the same thing. And obviously for the chat, we're all no spoilers here. But tonight's teaser at the end of the episode, like the, this season on, not only did I see Casey, but like I think they did a specific close-up on her, like a two-second thing to show that Casey is coming back at some point, I guess. Um, and who knows if it's going to be with Kenny, who knows if like somebody else is going to get injured and she replaces their ride or die, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I definitely, I saw her in the, in the sneak preview as well. And the fact that they sent her home so quickly, I mean, we need to do, I think we've done this before where we pull out the stopwatch and it's like the, from the time TJ starts his sentence to the time he finishes his sentence, that's just like the explanation that we have for why Casey's gone. I think we've had it with like uh, Faith and Zahida maybe have left seasons mm -hmm. quickly before. And it's like She's under eight. Yeah, it's, it's like under eight seconds. So like we need to pull it out. Boogie might get on that for us tonight. And they also, uh, another thing is that they, like the first 12 minutes of the episode, like Casey and her brother got some airtime. Like I feel like when they sent Nam home, they didn't give him anything, but like Casey and I'm were actually on our TV before they got sent home. Just a very weird, surprising thing early on. Yeah. And I like that group, uh, Casey and Kenny. Um, they're an interesting team. Um, I think it's probably the best Kenny we've seen to date. Um, so watch it. Hopefully, uh, he comes back or whatever happened. Uh, I, I do want to ask Alex this question and Andy, if you want, um, who is going to explain the rules now with Casey gone? It's a great question. Casey was always great for those. I think honestly what they might pivot to is Nam. Just somebody who has no purpose talking to the camera aside from, hey, we need to fill these 30 seconds in between TJ coming on to like when we actually blow the whistle. So Nam, just give us your screen time. That'll be your one confessional for the night. Yeah, and that leads into the team that came to replace them. Actually, two teams came, uh, Nam and Emmy and Olivia and Horcrux. Um, Nam and uh, Emmy, I mean, this team just looks like a shit show, I will say. Nam, uh, I believe Andy was the official counter tonight. Yep. Uh, 16 words, correct me if I'm wrong? 16 words, and the first time he popped on our TV, I literally was counting on my hand because I knew – once he got done with his intro, he was not going to talk again. So I counted 16 and then zero the rest of the episode. He didn't say anything else, right? Yep. Oh. Uh, so nothing special with that team. Thanks, Nam, for your 16 words. Uh, Olivia and Horcrux, what are our thoughts on this team, though? Um, 
you know, they, they're a little more athletic than I thought, than my original scouting report, um, which my scouting report was just looking at their names. So <laughs> what, what do we think? I mean, I, I hand up, I think they might be the best looking team on the, on the season. Wow. That, that's my Stephen A. Smith hottest take of the night. Uh, Olivia is pretty bad. I mean, you could compare every single person, but Olivia's pretty bad in that Horcrux dude is not like, he seems like he's probably, seems no, he's, young. A he's a smooth talker. He's a good looking dude. So I just think overall, they both seem decently athletic and I think people want to keep them around just to look at them. So I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not selling that team just yet. Okay. So yeah. we, we, I would we, say Olivia is pretty bad decently enough where she's just gonna make some mistakes on here we're gonna be along for the ride and i'm excited i will say though and i mean even just this first team makes me think of this like what are we gonna do for radar watch because like there's so many of these teams that like i'm gonna forget about like almost immediately and they're never gonna like really pop up or do much like our radar watch is gonna be off the charts that's the point Early uh, on, it sounds like it's going to be off the charts. Um, so challenge itself. What are our thoughts? Basically, we're running into pits, uh, picking up numbers for coordinates that answers a trivia question. Which these trivia questions can be like, "How old are you?" And and the funny thing is, like, people don't know how old are you? <laughs> I mean, that was insane. What, Andy? What What was your thoughts? I mean, I I kind of liked it. It was a lot of randomness, and I think like Kayla kind of alluded to that, like, oh, you guys found some balls in a pit. So there definitely is some randomness to it. Like the thinking is very minimal. Like it was simple math. Like my seven-year-old niece could have answered those questions if she knew the numbers. Nellie T didn't even know the numbers. But I thought it was okay. It was – it didn't – in my opinion, it did not show – it was one of those challenges, and it happens all the time, but it was one of those challenges that doesn't really show who the most competitive or the best challengers are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun always, opening. Yeah, I feel like the opening challenge is always hard to pull off just because there's so many people. And so they can never do like a this team against this team type of thing. It has to just be everybody goes – whoever is the best time or whatever is number one. Uh, I, I, I thought this one was okay. Um, you got the, how well do you know your ride or die? They had to really drive home that point with all the questions and everything. So I like that aspect. Um, they obviously were doing kind of just the over editing with like, what was it like the bola? I don't, I don't even know what that means. I couldn't really even follow what like they were unclipping and clipping, but I got the overall gist of the challenge. Um, I, I, I liked it. I just think it's really hard for them to pull off like a great first challenge when there's like fucking 30 people there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like they should have done a, uh, always a classic one is I'm trying to think of what it was called. Like get off the rock where it's like that, the relay race where you got to get to the top of a mountain or whatever. I always smirk at those opening ones and you always see the slowest team. Um, so basically this challenge happens. Uh, we got Johnny and Raven uh, winning, which 
plus 1800 odds question mark i mean did not expect that to happen uh you know they win it looked like um what's his name finished second jay and michelle finished second uh but the winners basically get to choose four teams to go into or yeah into um what were our thoughts on this format this setup um do we like it do we not yeah i I, yeah i definitely want to talk about the format at each step of the way because i don't love some of the things they did later on because when we have an episode one we're basically like learning as we go and we're picking up everything we're learning the rules of the game and so i guess the first thing is i like and tell me what you guys think i like that there's only one winning team because we've (laughs) seen past few seasons i would not have been surprised tonight if tj said like the first three teams form like the tribunal or whatever and then like they're safe i like that one team is safe everybody else has to scramble um the the four person team I thought was too much like picking four different teams but just the one team winning I do like as opposed to muddying up all the all the safe teams. Sandy, I think the the best team like a lot I I don't mind I think my favorite is when the best team wins they get the power like this. Um, the second one I like is when the losing team like whoever gets dead last also gets immediately thrown in. I don't mind that either because whatever just puts the most emphasis on the daily challenges, because when you start playing around with it, the daily challenges become like the Pro Bowl. Like you're out there, you're competing, but you really don't care. But I like that this is the winning team gets the power. Again, I, I agree with Alex. The four teams is a bit aggressive, but we obviously saw how it's all going to shake out now, which I think is interesting. Yeah, so just to rewind just a little, they go back to the house, they choose the four teams. We got Kim and Colleen, Kayla and Sam, Devin and Tori, Laurel and Jock. So what are her thoughts? Isn't it – I always say Jock like that. It's not well, – it's, it's not Jock. I will refuse to say Jock. No, it's Yock. Uh, it's not Yock. This ain't the like the Yak. I know. It's not the Yak. It's the Yock. All right, who the fuck were the four teams? I just said the four teams. Who? God. Kim and Colleen. I, can we, can we all, can we all just agree? I know I know, Andy and I just kind of touched on it. But just the fact that they pick four teams and end up only picking one team, which they've done the past few seasons, all it is is just a waste of time, right? Like, I guess the benefit is you get, like, the conversations of people – trying to save themselves and everything. But four is definitely too much. I feel like usually it's three. They pick three teams to kind of put up on the board. Everybody goes nuts. We saw that tonight. Nam had the Pikachu face. Everybody's surprised. I feel like usually it's three. Now they bumped it up to four. And I feel like even three wasn't needed. And so the fact that they increased it even more is just like, what are we doing here? Just pick one fucking team. Yeah, I I just feel like there's just – too much power going around like do you get those vibes like you got 14 like honestly why would you want to win a a challenge like i feel like there's too much like this early in the game i feel like you want to be on that radar watch up until like you know ep five six seven and that's when you attack now now i just feel like it's pointless you're showing your cards too early you kind of have to like especially like and i think um 
fake Johnny and Raven said that they were bringing in others, not necessarily like they were totally gung ho about going big right out of the gate, but they were just like, let's have some people in there really kind of keep people on their toes and then decide. But like three of the four options were big dogs. So like there was a very good chance multiple ones were going in. What's going to be interesting is now everyone else knows that. So like they didn't expect that coming down. So they could kind of, they tried to play it out in their favor, but now everyone knows that. So when you win, you're going to piss four teams off. Like you just will. So I, I think you're spot on. I think the smart move is to lay low and then make a move like way or down the season flip side to that if you're a team like bananas for example or a laurel or where uh like a, a more experienced team you might as well just th- win and throw four rookies in because you have the alliance around you for that um these rookies don't know how to play the game once it comes down like if there's four rookies in the pit they don't really know each other they're all from i mean we're from America's got talent and American idol and, you know, love Island. There's no chemistry anymore. Alex, any, any other things you want to talk about that? No, I I agree. I think, you know, Johnny and Raven, they, it's a good win for them because if they don't win, who knows what happens to them if they get voted in or whatever. But at the same time, it's not the best challenge to win because you basically pick like a quarter of the teams to go throw into the elimination ground. I think the zone is what they're calling it. You pick a quarter of the teams to throw into the zone. You make an enemy by picking one. And it's just like a, there's kind of two layers to the format. I feel like every time it's like one is just the first episode, the first go around. And now that we know that, okay, the teams that you don't pick are going into the draw, blah, 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 all this other stuff. That's kind of the second part of it. So now there's going to be a lot more strategy about the team, about the four teams that you send down there. Cause right now there's, I feel like Johnny and Raven really had no strategy. They just knew the one team they wanted to pick. Now, you know, the other three teams are kind of going to be in the second part of it as well. Absolutely. I think there are some good things for Johnny and Raven, though. Like, one, they didn't know about this twist, so they can always, like, throw that out there. Like, they can go tell, like, Laurel and Yak, like, hey, we just won. We, like, had no intentions of you guys going in. We were just trying to, like, keep everyone on their toes. And, like, that is real whether or not Laurel and Yak believe them, it is like what happened. And another thing is because you won the first one, I think with these people, like with just how like pea brain they are, like they will now be a threat to win a daily forever. It's kind of like when like one person make like completes one puzzle and they immediately become the puzzle queen. It's like you win this first daily and now everyone's thinking like, okay, Johnny and Raven, pretty good team. When in reality, it's like, no, they're not. Does Johnny and Raven have more win daily wins than Nelson in five years? Four years? Yeah. Yes. And in, in the past 50-plus challenges, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's only three seasons these days, but, you know. Um, but but like Andy was saying like if you're in uh, Johnny and Raven's shoes right now you can basically tell for example Devin and Tori like a team that got screwed out of tonight because they had to go in you can basically say to them we didn't do anything to you we had no idea what the rule was and we did not pick you to go in whereas 
from here on out until TJ throws another twist that changes everything from here on out. Like, you know, when you pick the four teams that are going down there, you're basically giving all four of those teams a chance to get screwed over. So you're making a lot of enemies every time. So you really need to stay close to your rider dies. How long can they do this format? You think with four teams, do you think it will ever switch to like three teams and then two teams? I guess you can't really do two teams, but I just feel like once you get down to like, let's say six teams left, because what a final is normally five, four teams. Yeah, I would say four. So let's just say seven, right? So you're throwing four out of six teams down there. Like that's insane. But what do I know? Uh, moving point. on. What? That's a good point. Good job. I think they'll write it out for as long as like one of the production editors comes up to the main director and is like, hey, we, we're losing teams. we got to change. we got a problem. Let's throw a skull in there. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so well. God, watch him. Moving on. After we uh, see these teams uh, who got voted in, uh, we go to the club. Uh, you can and uh, chalk one up for the uh, you year. You can put uh, it on the board. Yeah. yeah. So basically, we said what? What was the line? Thirteen and a half. So yes. thirteen and a half uh, times. Only it can only happen once an episode. They'll go to the club, and we are hot. So off to a great start. One of one. Um, what do we think about the club? It's a very interesting setup, I will say. Um, I don't know. Thoughts? I, I, I liked it. A um, couple things that I liked about it. One, it was actually away from the house. It was at an actual club. It wasn't a makeshift club. And I liked that it was, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it was bigger, like an actual big bar club but there was still nobody there like i didn't see any other other uh muggles like wandering around like it was just these challenge clowns but they actually had room to kind of relax and stuff I feel like before they've kind of had like a private room that they're all crammed into with a uh, fucking emmy singing about an alien like i liked kind of the club setup tonight i really did andy i i ain't mad at the club um I thought it was good. It, it gave me it gave me kind of old school challenge vibes. So I'm I'm all for that. So I guess there was really nothing going on with um, there was nothing going on at the club. Uh, not not really any talking or anything like that. I guess we had one hookup with Nelly and Olivia, and I don't know if they officially hooked up, but foreshadowing maybe. I didn't miss anything else. Well, wasn't Nuri's on uh, someone? I don't know exactly. Johnny? All right, there. Bananas? God. I, I do yeah. just want to put this out there now that we're talking about clubs and partying and everything. I was listening to Chicks in the Office earlier. They had an interview with Bananas. And is it, this isn't a spoiler or anything. I listened to it because Bananas was on it. Bananas uh -huh. does say that this season – they have a party where they celebrate his 40th birthday. Oh, my God. Wait, his 40th season on the challenge? <laughs> they're celebrating his 40th birthday on one of these episodes. So, you know, they're going to give, like, the classic toast, the flashbacks. You know, I've been doing this for so long, all that stuff. The challenge is part of my life. 
I'm I've grown up. Athlete. People have seen me evolve. Like just putting that on everybody's radar tonight. I don't know how many I got left in me, Teach. <laughs> that was six years ago. Done more seasons since then. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, insane. Uh, so, like we said, the club. Um, Kind of interesting. So moving on, uh, we kind of go into the elimination. Uh, so they're walking in, and we find out that Johnny and Raven basically have to choose one of the four teams. Uh, they choose Kayla and Sam. What was your thought of them selecting that team out of the four? I actually kind of thought they were going to. Um, mm-hmm. And it seemed like. I mean, Kayla and Sam were open about it in, like, confessionals that, like, they weren't going to, like, kiss up to them or, like, try to offer them any deals or anything like that. It also kind of came off like that when they were doing their little interrogation. So I think they were kind of just like, hey, you're still the rookies. We're still the vets. And I think that probably pissed off fake Johnny. Um, So I wasn't overly surprised by that personally. Alex, anything? Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of – uh, there's a lot of steps to this elimination, but I think them selecting Kayla and Sam, uh, I was kind of surprised. I guess I'm still just kind of confused about like what their overall strategy was. Cause if you want to go for the vets, I mean, I get, I get it. Cause they're rookies. They're not that smart, but if you're going to go for the vets, why wouldn't you go for and include them in the four team, like a Nelson and Norris? Like someone who is a vet, but maybe isn't as strong as like, because I feel like Laurel and, and Yak and Kayla and Sam are pretty high up on the totem pole. Um, so for if you want to like break up that kind of alliance, go for a, a team that has like a rookie and a weaker, uh, or, or a vet and a weaker rookie. But I was kind of surprised by it. Well, to answer your question, why Johnny and, um, was it called? Who was the other person who won? Oh, because he's hooking up with her. Yeah, I was about to say that. Um, so that classic. was it. the classic Zach Jenna debacle. Yeah. So, so then we basically have the remaining teams: uh, Devin and Tori, Laurel and Yak. Is that how you say it? Yak. Yeah. I just yeah. want to make sure we're, we're everybody's on the same page for these names. Uh, and who was the last team? Kim and Colleen. Are basically drawing swords, very skull esque, very, very um, double cross. Or what was it called? Where they picked up like the double X from Dirty Thirty? That was that was double cross, Dirty okay. Thirty. That's what it was called. Okay, but I'm thinking the skull. Actually, should we go back to the skulls? I love the skulls. Oh, but basically, the whole idea. Then you have the three remaining teams. They basically reach down, they pick up a sword. It's either out. At the end, it, one says safe and the other one are, is clear. Uh, so first team goes, it is Devin <laughs> and Tori. Uh, they basically reach in. It's clear. Uh, and then we kind of get a weird, awkward moment between Devin and uh, Turbo. And um, Alex, you want to explain? Because Turbo needs to be... It's incredible. It's, it's incredible. It's like an SNL skit. Devin... I don't know if it was before or after he drew the dagger. Oh, no, it was after. He pulls the dagger. He puts it down on the table. There's nothing on it. And he says, oh, it's like a real dagger. He's making jokes about it. He looks up at the crowd, and he's like, Turbo, like, you are you got to stay out of here. Like, these are, like, real weapons down here. And then they kind of, like, the camera goes back to whatever's going on. And then Turbo's like, wait, no. What would you say? 
What do you say? You a pussy chicken. And he's just like going nuts. And it's like, what the fuck are you like? We're all joking around here. Like it was just incredible. Like this guy cannot take a joke whatsoever. He's insane. You cannot copy my walk. Andy, anything? I mean, I really don't know what else there is to say. The guy is a certified lunatic. And both of these came out of Laurel, I guess, forgetting or not pouring him a glass of champagne. And Devin making a joke. And he went ballistic. I I wish I I, I know in our our preview last week, I made my stir the prop Nani blow ups at two and a half. I almost wish instead I would have made it turbo blow ups just so that we could track it. Because clearly after episode one, this is a thing we're going to have to track. I think he's already at two, which is like all of his screen time tonight was just him blowing up for no reason. And there's just no reason to expect that that's going to stop. Like this guy is insane. Yeah, this is, we're seeing the tip of the iceberg here. We got plenty more turbo to come, and I'm so excited. He's gonna get. He's gonna get like. Tell me what you guys think. He's gonna get pretty physical with one of these blowups soon. Because the first oh, one, yeah. they're on a boat. Like Laurel is a female, on this in the zone. Uh, what's his name? Devin is like 20 feet below him. So like everybody's kind of like, all right, if if we need to, we can intervene. But like at some point somebody's going to copy his walk or the way he eats or the way he like takes a piss and like Turbo's going to get upset and like get in their face. A hundred percent. And I think he would have jumped over into the zone tonight knowing Devin had a weapon on him. I don't think he would have cared. I think he would have just, if he didn't say sorry and he apologized and Turbo's like, yeah, thank you. Uh, (laughs) What are you doing? God. So, we go into the eliminate actually false. We get who was the one who actually pulled it? Bless you. <laughs> so then so then Laurel and Jack pull the safe. Who? And it's kind of all assumed at this point that like Kim and Colleen are screwed. Because yeah. their two daggers are both blank. And then they pull the third one out of three and it says the big word safe on it. So then everybody does the oh my god. This and is then- the craziest twist ever. <laughs> And then TJ tells them they basically have to get to pick another team, which, like you said, I think this is really – there's not a whole lot of difference between the double-cross twist, where it's like the teams that are left pull the things. Whoever pulls the unique one gets is not only safe, but gets to save somebody else. Right? That's, that's a twist. Yeah. Do we not? What's our thoughts? I'm – I just feel like this game – which is good, but at the same time, it kind of sucks. People, sh- you have to show your cards this game, no matter where you're you're at. Like, if you win, you show your cards. If you're in the bottom four, there's a potential you show your card. The best spot is either, you know, if you if you're the bottom four or whatever, would be obviously the one being saved, which is crazy to think about. I think if this was what they wanted to do with the draw and all that, and like choosing who's safe. I think the better way to go about it, and I don't know if this is what they did in Dirty 30, but last place goes in of the daily. Like, making the winner pick four teams, it's just dumb. And it also puts way too much randomness on all of it because 
they get to pick four teams, and then they also get to pick who goes in, and then at that point, it's just the random luck of the draw. Like, if this is the format, I think it's so much better to already, before those three do the draw, there's no more picks that need to be done. So-and-so's already in because they finish last, then the winning team gets to pick the three. Like, I think that's the right way to go about this because this is just too much power in the winner's hands and too much randomness going into an elimination. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, on the surface level, I like the the draw twist because I've always said that the uh, double cross is an amazing twist, the way they pulled it off in Dirty 30. But, I mean, I feel like I'm going to need some time to kind of Tommy and Annalise this because I feel like what they did in Dirty 30, like you said, is I think they had, like, the losing team because they had, like, the big-ass teams early on the losing team would then vote one person in and then everybody else would go in. And so they didn't have the, like the first, basically the first step of tonight's elimination where the winning team picks somebody and then everybody else is safe. It was just like, here's the six people in the double cross. Everybody has a low chance of pulling it, but the person that pulls it is going to be safe and pick somebody else. That's what I like. So like, I think this, twist has a chance of being good who knows how it'll play out because you're just targeting a lot of people at once is what i fear absolutely so elimination itself it's one of those what are they even called the the puzzles that you kind of shift to the side (laughs) the puzzles with the five balls or you know you're trying to move them through and get to the end of the maze kind of thing. Uh, what What is that called? Why am I blanking on the name? I think a maze. Are they called something other than a I maze? Thought it, I thought it was like, well, didn't Kayla say during the elimination, I thought she was like, Devin has this toy or whatever the name. Yeah. I thought I thought there was a certain name of it. Could be completely wrong. I don't think um, she said a name. She just said that he had it. Okay. So basically you got this box right here and you're basically just trying to move it around like this. Uh, and you know, move move the balls around uh, and to get in the holes. Uh, Andy, thoughts? Did you like it? Did you not? Too puzzly already? Um, I don't know. I, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you can go ahead first. No, go, go ahead. Okay. So, so what I was thinking, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I'm done. I'm done here. <laughs> All right. So when Trevor and Alex get back, it's just a one-man band now. Oh, there he is. All right, Trev, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was I thought it was good. The end. <laughs> I will say, I I liked that, even though it was a puzzle, the fact that there was so much communication and a little hint of physicality in the sense of like balance, but like. If you start with a puzzle, adding a lot of communication as part of it, I think balances it out where it doesn't feel as like just puzzly. Yeah. So would you say Devin and Tori are the puzzle masters now? Oh yeah. They I mean, are the puzzle king and queen. Good for them, honestly. Alex, you're back now. Uh thoughts on it? The elimination. I I thought it was okay. Um I didn't love it, but I feel like it was one of those where (laughs) I feel like it was one of those um, 
where you get the hang of it, then you're in, then you're in the clear. And I feel like an underrated part of it was just like the balancing aspect. So it's the type of thing where if you struggle early and it's hard, then you just get more frustrated and your legs get more tired. You can't get the hang of it. Whereas the other end of the spectrum is what we saw from Devin and Tori, where it was like, you get the hang of it pretty early on. So you know how to kind of go back and forth. Your legs don't get as tired as quickly and you can just kind of ride it to the finish line. I think you focus on one ball at a time. And I mean, Devin and Tori, they really had no problem doing it. Whereas I feel like Kayla and Sam could have done that against 10 other teams and probably lost. How well even, though you, even though they're married. How well do you think you guys would have done in this challenge? If both of you guys are wiped up, if you guys were partnered with your spouses, but you two going at it, who would win and why? Are you asking who would win an elimination between me and Havi? This one, though, this puzzle. Sounds very Mario Party 3v1 versus Alex esque. So, so Devin and Tori wipe the floor. They dominate the elimination uh, and they win. So, Goodbye, Kayla and Sam. Uh, I believe I had them 11th on my power rankings, and Alex and Andy both had them fourth. Mine was because of just a drunk mishap of just forgetting and, you know, sliding them back. But in the end, it worked out for me. So uh, I like uh, a clap for myself there. Uh, a good job. <laughs> that luck. Uh, what else from this episode besides the last two – 20 seconds, 30 seconds with the return of bananas. Anything else that we missed, and we can go into bananas after. Good. So I don't, no, I think we covered everything. I don't think there's anything to um Yeah, we, we got we got the banana man. So yes, we end with Johnny Bananas walking in. I mean, he the funny thing is when he was walking in. He seems he wanted to be like that cool guy, you know, head down, didn't want to show his face until the very end. Do like the reveal of like taking off the the, the hood and be like, surprise, motherfuckers, I'm back, kind of thing like that. Uh, what are our thoughts? I mean, was was that not the best part of the episode? <laughs> I, I love the way they did it. Um, I also wasn't sure until the episode ended, like if they were going to bring all three teams back, two of them, just Bananas and Nani. Like, So the fact that it was just Bananas and Nani tonight, uh, you know, he comes out there, he's eating it up. But I kind of liked how they ended it, I feel like, pretty abruptly. Like, Bananas had his, I think, his, you know, his pre-pan line of, like, oh, where'd you get these clowns? And then, like, they just, like, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, this is Bananas and Nani. He's a seven-time champ. Like, they're joining the cast. It was kind of just, like, we're bringing these teams out. You guys know that they're going to stay. The viewers know that they're going to stay. Everybody knows who they are. And let's just see what this season has in store for us. I like that part. Andy? Yeah, I think so too. I did love the botched reveal on Bananas' part. But, I mean, you can tell right away, all of these challengers are shaking in their boots. Like, I don't even think if they bring in CT, even though CT is still dominant, I don't think you get that kind of reaction. Like everyone, even Fezzi, and I know he's a very humble guy, 
but he was literally like turning around and he was just like, oh my God, like this whole game is now being ran by bananas and everyone knows it. What do you guys think about it? The, like, first off, do you get, did you see that same reaction? Like everyone was terrified. Yeah. And I think, I think CT carries that. Like if he walks in now, let's say with Nani. I think so. Yeah. Cause I think CT is scary to everybody, but anybody that's done a season with him, probably half these people knows that his game is just kind of going to be laid back. And so it's like, kind of like we'll play our game. CT is going to play his game. Whereas like you see bananas come in there. Not only are you scared of what he can do and what he can win, but you know that he's actually going to get involved in the game. He's not going to lay yeah. back. He's going to pull. He's going to pull the strings. He's going to make moves. And so I feel like that just kind of amps up the whole reaction factor. One thing I'll say is, it's always classic to see, you know, bananas walks in, and now Devin and Tori happy to see to see him. They weren't on like you look two seasons ago. They were on the opposite sides, and now it's very Jordan Bananas esque, same team. And it's funny to see when when is that time you're considered a vet and when you are not considered a vet, um, or earning well, your stripes is the the correct term. Andy, I don't know if I would say Nelly looked excited. He just kind of looked confused. I think he just kind of had that confused look on his face, pretty much the whole thing. I think he was probably just thinking like, wait a minute, is that is that Bananas? What? What's he doing here? But flip side of that is confused Nelly happy Nelly. Ooh. I don't think I don't think Nelly he was because I I I think of Olivia when he was next to her. He looked dazed and confused next to her. And then we go to the confessional, he was just like, Am I in love? Like so, like, that's how I'm acting. Like, is he happy? Bananas is here then? Good point. So my my question to you guys, and I, I saw it in the chat earlier from Jesse Adams. Does this mean we're just going to get old school or our OG challengers just every week now at elimination time? Like, are we just bringing in guys like these are mercenaries, I guess, that stay in the game? Or like, what is going on? Why, why can't they just all come at one time? And I, I get COVID and all that stuff. But are we just giving some teams like three, four week call passes, like call passes to get to, you know, closer to the final? They might, and I don't think a three or four week hall pass is enough for Anissa, but it I think I think so. I think that's what it looks like. <laughs> Alex. I know I, I, I would guess that's what they're gonna do. The fact that they didn't bring all three at once, I think next week they'll do Darrell and Veronica, and then whenever uh Anissa's Golden Corral membership expires, they'll bring her and Jordan on. Um I think that's what they're going to do. Each time they'll lose a team, replace them with an actual team that can win something. Besides, you know, Nisa. So, overall, I would say tonight was a good episode. Like, it, it was enjoyable. And like I said, I don't know if it's just we're glad the challenge is back. Uh, but I'm excited. I think the season has a lot of potential. Uh, but, you know, time will tell. By 20 weeks from now, when it's Valentine's Day, are we still this happy? Who knows? No, I, yeah, I think I think overall thoughts on the episode. I I liked it. I didn't love it. I think there was a couple segments like between commercial breaks that were just kind of wasted. Like there wasn't a lot going on. But I liked the intro. I liked the mad rush into the house. 
I like that we had a rookie team winning. It kind of spices things up. I like at least maybe not the format itself, but I like learning about a new format. I like having bananas come in late. I like a top team going home early. Like there was a lot of, I feel like there's a decent amount of wasted time, but a lot of like good elements of a good episode. Absolutely. So let's get into some segments tonight. First segment we got is Radar Watch. And we kind of hinted at this earlier. I feel like we can go a lot of different directions with this. Uh, there's a lot of teams I still don't even know they're on. So uh, thoughts of Radar Watch. Alex, you want to go first? Yeah, I can go first. And, and just to remind our listeners, Radar Watch is a segment where it's you know, we have our MVP, LVP, which is basically who won or lost the episode. Positive impact, negative impact. Radar Watch is kind of who made no impact, who flew under the radar, who do you forget was even on this episode, um, which is one we implement very early on when there's so many people left. So there's a lot of picks. I'm going to go with my Radar Watch with Tamara. Who? I'm going Tamara, Tamara, whoever it is. I know that she's Turbo's partner, and I don't know a whole lot past that. And Turbo kind of blew up this episode, which kind of caused her to not have reason to be representation for their team at all. Um, so I'm just going Tamara as my radar watch because I just forgot if she was on this episode, what she said, what she did. So that's my pick tonight. That's a great one. And I think if you showed me three challengers, female challengers that were on this episode and asked me to pick Tamara, I don't know if I'd be able to. But that leads into my radar watch, which is someone else I don't think I could pick out. I'm going to go Emmy. And unless I really miss something, I don't think she said any words. Like she made Nam seem talkative. <laughs> That's impossible. So, again, like, I genuinely can't think of what she looks like, let alone, like, hearing her or watching her on the show. So, I'm going Emmy. Good pick. That's I am going to go – I think her name's Mariah. Fezzi's partner? I think it's yep. Mariah? Yeah. Uh, did she get any screen time tonight? With Fezzi, briefly. Any, right? That's it? It was the team intro, but outside of that, I don't think anything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Oop. so that's my first radar watch of the year. I still don't know who she is. I guess she's a friend of Fezzi's, but not a friend friend of Fezzi. She's a writer. I don't know. God, watch. I think, I think we all had good picks. I mean, at least some of the rookies were kind of flirting around, winning a challenge, blah, blah, blah. But like, there is a handful of them that just did nothing. There was nothing for them to do. I've been seeing in the chat a lot tonight, and I, I just need to address it. Uh, Andy, what is your thoughts of Colleen? I, I would say she is a fake JV version of Gabby, would be my answer. Yes. Um, but I want to hear from the man himself, the Gabby lover. Uh, what are your thoughts? I do think, Trev, you did coin the term JV Ga or yeah, JV Gabby. And I think that's spot on. Like, she's kind of bad, but definitely a step down. Like, still there, not bad to look at by any means, more like bad to look at. But 
JV version of Gabby, I think, spot on. Sorry, just had to address that. I I, I see the chat blowing it up. Uh, Andy plus blondes equals Nelly T's face through tonight's episode. So moving on, this day in challenge history. Um, Alex, you want to explain what this is to our new listeners and uh, give us this day in challenge history? Yes. So this day in challenge history, uh, the, the calendar date is October 12th. And on this day in challenge history, 16 years ago, 2006, October 12th. The Duel. The Duel episode, actually one and two, they did a double premiere, the 30-minute episodes back in the day. Um, Please go back. Most of the, most of the time, it's going to be a trivia question. Tonight it is going to be. Um, but episode one and two, October 12th, 2006, we all know – First episode, Bananas gets sent home. Bananas loses the elimination to Tyler. The rest is history. Fucking seven rings. He's still competing on the episode we talked about tonight. The trivia question is, which male won the challenge that got Bananas and Tyler sent in against each other? Ooh. The duel episode one. Which male won basically which male won the first challenge? I haven't seen Boogie tonight, so I don't know if if he was on this season. I mean <laughs> from the rafters. Has he been hanging in here all night? I mean <laughs> That's so fake. You guys set this up. There's no way. All right. For the for the listeners, Boogie came into the chat with the correct answer. Out of nowhere, Big Easy. Big Easy was the episode one winner of, of the dual one episode. Can can somebody explain it to Trevor? You know, Tyler gets picked, correct, to go in, and then he chooses somebody to go into the duel. Why did Tyler choose bananas? His explanation for why was basically the last two males standing to get picked for dodgeball were Bananas and Tyler. Bananas got picked, so Tyler was last. And he was like, oh, you know, you guys wanted it this way, the last two, so I'm going to pick Bananas. When in reality, if he had half a brain, Bananas was the one guy from his real-world season. They would stay together. Yeah. And that kind of caused them to be rivals and then champions together and all that shit. Insane insane so <laughs> a, a, any anything else with this day in challenge history or was that that's no all? That, that, that was it well i'm sure we'll get more this season but just a little tickle all right well it's our favorite segment of the night mvp lvp ep1 rider dies you guys know what to do first response in the chat will be the order of the mvp lvp um i feel like we can go a lot of different directions tonight um but uh we'll see what the chat uh has in store for us. So how about how about stir the pod being back, being back with the live chat? I've had a good night. I mean, the crazy thing is, we're gonna spend the next twenty five weeks with each other <laughs> every Wednesday night. You could say we're all just kind of ride or dies. <laughs> you either ride with us or you die with us too. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. 
All right. First response we got, uh, Boogie, it's all right. We understand. Uh, thanks for joining, though. Uh, Alex, Trev, Andy, Alex, first MVP of the new season. Who we got? I'm going to kick it off with the rookie. Oh. I'm going to kick it off with Johnny. Oh, okay. I'm going Johnny. He obviously won the challenge. And I think he, you know, you could question his decisions and who he brought in and everything. But at the same time, you have no idea what the format is. Nobody did. And I think he did a good job in the 15 minutes of deliberation, like interviewing the teams and basically asking them to promise things to him, but not necessarily promising things back. And I think you could tell that, I don't know what show he is from. Um, I would guess it was something with a political game. Like, I think Johnny knows what's going on. He knows at least the idea of how to play the game, maybe not how to play the game, but I think he just had a very good night tonight. So I'm going, Johnny. Interesting. Interesante, as I always say. Um, my MVP tonight is pretty straightforward. Uh, I mean, this person is just straight up. I mean, he's like a meme. He might be a smirk meme. Uh, I am going scuba Nelly himself. Uh, Nelly T. I mean, just the entire episode from his dumbfounded face look to the grills. Uh, I mean, something we haven't even talked about tonight uh, and I don't want to maybe steal someone's LVP tonight, but the fact that the challenge fucking copied us again after we, how many times have we brought up Nelly T in the streak? And all of a sudden now that they brought that up as well, they literally spent five minutes on it. Like, I mean, you listen to us, we get it. We get it. Like, but at least put like work cited page at the end. Um, so can we uh, just get uh, Nelly T back for the rest of the season? Hopefully he goes pretty far. And uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Andy, go ahead. Um, good pick so far. Good pick so far. I had Nelly T as well. I mean, the fact that the fact that he gave the toast, is he now? I mean, Bananas was the face of the challenge and he gave all the toasts. And now Nelly gave toast. So is Nelly now the face of the challenge? <laughs> He's Summer the Ash. biggest one on like the posters and everything. He is on the posters. <laughs> Nelly T, the face of the challenge. Um, so my MVP is gonna be the draw. And I actually like it. Like when that happened, it was like one of the first twists in a very long time where I could be like, all right, I can get behind this. Like, this is gonna be exciting, this is gonna be entertaining. Granted, like, I think we already talked about some of the issues with, like, having four people as, like, options and whatnot. Not a big fan of that. Um, but uh, <laughs> I did really like the draw. I also liked how, at least in this episode, TJ just says, oh, it's a blank dagger. Oh, blank dagger. And then the other one has something, but then that says safe. So, like, for a nice little mini curveball right out of the gate. I like that too. And this is a good twist in my mind. Great pick. Great pick. LVP Andy. So I've got uh, a few, um, but like this was one that I just can't not pick, especially with the first pick. I don't know if you guys uh, would pick this or not, but my LVP is going to be the rookies. And 
first thing is you're like, all right, well, the rookies won. What are you talking about? But I say the rookies in general for this reason. Almost every single season in episode one, every rookie team gets together and they say, you know what? We're going to change things. The rookies are going to run this show. Like the vets, no, no, no. They're old. They're washed up. We're going to run this thing. And like, yeah, you win the first daily. Okay, good job. Power to you. But like rookies don't run the challenge. If you think rookies can run the challenge, then you've never watched the challenge. Like it's just, it's a classic. It's one of those like all timers, like similar, like you do not want to go home now where it literally happens all the time and they're wrong every time. So when they just were all talking about that, I just, I was almost in tears. But didn't they do the job tonight? Yes. Then that's why I say the rookies in general, because they all have this mindset, especially because a rookie team won where the rookie teams as of tonight do genuinely think that they can dictate this challenge, which we all know there's 0% chance of happening. Absolutely. Uh, my LVP tonight, I think my pick is pretty straightforward as well. I mean, one psychopath on tonight's episode that just moved down, and I was surprised Andy didn't pick him, uh, but I'm going turbo. I mean, turbo is just out of control. Like, he needs to – his his girl needs to put a leash on him or something like it is it is bad like i didn't think it was this bad but it's bad <laughs> with a lot of a's um he's just i don't know he's just in another world right now he is he lives on he lives on planet turbo what's gonna happen can we please get turbo and jordan in the same room again please please <laughs> come on all, Alex, all Jordan has to do is literally walk around, and Turbo will get mad. What if he just went, What if he just blew him a kiss or something? Do you think he would just like, like, just start blowing him up and just? Oh, that'd be insane. Alex, LVP tonight. Close us out. Damn it, my I was a hundred percent going with Turbo uh, for my LVP. Instead, I'm gonna go with. I'm going to go with Adam Meadows. Again? I'll go back to back. Um, not sticking around in the chat, not being, not watching even the episode. And I mean, I'll admit, I did not have a good back backup plan outside of Turbo. So I'm just going to Adam Meadows again. We'll stockpile. Um, it is a dirty game. Can we okay talking about the last LVP there. Do we think Adam Meadows knows who wins the season? I think it's probably what plus two twenty five that he knows. I would say like plus a hundred. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, honorable mention. I was gonna say uh, Fezzi's new name. Uh, that was gonna be an honorable mention for LVP. Um, yeah. I don't know pick. why he doesn't go by Fezzi anymore. Um, what else? It's probably because we bullied him out of it. God. Surely, like, he's never talked to you or anything like that. Oh, he would not talk to me. 
God. No chance. I, I was thinking honorable mention LVP for Kayla. Just the fact that you literally don't have a honeymoon. You bring on your husband to this fucking nutcase show and you lose right away. Like, it's a good thing that you fucking don't have a honeymoon and you can go back to your life. But, like, why would you even start this from the beginning? And you're a challenge veteran. You shouldn't be going home first in front of all of these people. I uh, I like that pick a lot. I also had a couple honorable mentions as well. First for LVP, I had 90-minute um, episodes because, <laughs> because there was legitimately 45 minutes of commercials on tonight's episode. And I genuinely don't even think that's an exaggeration. Like, this could have and should have been a 60-minute episode. But, Andy – MTV schedule's so full, you can't like shift it to an hour or anything. I think like their schedule is so booked from like 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. with important shows. So like, you know, you don't have time. The only, the only thing I can say to that is, yeah, 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 yeah. I know it's so ridiculous. Yes, <laughs> I, I I would say honorable mention for MVP. I'm glad. Neither of us gave this, even though it would have been a good pick because it is just a cop-out, would be the STP live chat. We're back tonight. Mm. We're live. We got Jesse Adams. We got Boogie coming out of nowhere. Love by you. Like, overall, just a, a very strong, popular live chat. I will give a special shout-out to Jesse Adams. He has been on one tonight, um, and we really do appreciate it a lot. Uh, but anything else tonight, boys, before we sign off? Um, my, my last statement is just, you know, it's, it's going to be a long season. I know, you know, 19 weeks from now, we're going to be exhausted drugging towards the finish line. But for right now, when we're, when we're 20 weeks in the future, let's just remember this time. Let's remember this energy to get us toward the finish line. So who knows, maybe Casey will be there. She was gone and now she's back. She's made every final. So very like Casey-esque, but Let's just let's just remember the good times. I'm having fun right now. Andy, I wish there was a way you could remember the good old days when you were still in them. Like I and when you say that, like I think that we all know we do this, but like we have the same mindset as like the challengers. Where like episode one, everyone's excited, everyone's fired up, we're fired up. How do you spell fired up? F you. So then like after like oh, you get again. like eight or nine episodes or eps in and then you're like okay this is still good this is still good and then you get to like 13 14 and you're like all right are we getting to the final there's too many teams what's going on and then you get to like 18 19 <laughs> and you're like all right we're still doing this shit and then you get to 23 and you're like all right i i need to get out of this like i need my wednesdays back so i uh I think it's funny that we kind of mirror that. One thing that we didn't get um, on this episode that I am a little upset about, and it used to be one of the staples of EP1s, is like, I know they went to the club and everything like that, but the classic, don't go to the club, everyone stays home, everyone gets absolutely hammered and jumps in the pool, skinny dipping, like that's, we have we have 20 plus episodes to go to the club like EP1 in my mind is like everyone gets drunk and jumps in the pool. 
Well, I think they're kind of strict with COVID and they're very like prohibitado and they can't really allow that to happen. So, uh, yeah. Well, did you see how far TJ was when he was reading the challenge, like results to those clowns? I don't know how they heard him. <laughs> hey, guys, we're doing this elimination. He's like, what? Johnny and Raven won. What? Like, can't, can't they give him a microphone or something? Oh, just tough, tough, tough way for Teach to look tonight. Uh, tonight. Um, but uh, with that being said, thank you guys for listening to a brand new Stir the Pod podcast show. We'll be here live every Wednesday night on Twitter, on YouTube, recapping every episode. Thank you, guys. Love you, guys. Shout out, Duffy. Bye-bye. Love you, guys.